Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe there, please. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is an extra edition of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I'm alongside Pratt Rogers, and we're going to talk a little bit of Ole Miss football because, as I've tweeted, Ole Miss football every day, it's a lifestyle. How you doing, Pratt? Pratt? What's up, man? Appreciate you having me on. How have things been? Man, things have been pretty good. Um, I'm in the middle of a little bit of a heater um, with the podcast. We've been on the U.S. charts for nearly a month straight. Um, I saw that. Congratulations. Yeah, and that's pretty fired up. And to my knowledge, I'm the first Ole Miss podcast to do that. Nice. Um, Look, a heater is an understatement. That's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. I'm pretty fired up about it. You know, normally we talk recruiting, and we still have a little bit of time until Juice Fest, which is still a couple weeks away. The only thing we know for sure about Juice Fest is that Jeffrey Rush is coming up for it because he told us that he was in an interview that he did on Sunday. But we can talk about SEC Media Days, and Greg McElroy today talked about Ole Miss being the most dangerous team in the Southeastern Conference. And I'm, I'm telling people, the talent on this team is a lot higher than they think it is. Well, look, I, I uh, thought that was quite a complimentary quote from Greg McElroy. Uh, hmm. He knows that the, the, it doesn't take a lot for the Rebs to get hot, so... Look, I uh, I don't disagree with him in, in its entirety. I think, as we've mentioned on this show before, Stephen, I think this will be a weird football season. I think that we have potential to do, to do something special. We've also got an extremely difficult schedule. So, I mean, is it out of the realm of possibility to knock off one of the big boys in Georgia or Alabama? Uh, I don't think so. I think we have the offense to do it. I think the big question marks are, where's your defense? Yeah, I understand people talking about this schedule is so unbelievably hard or and all of that. I just don't agree with it, and this is why. If you take off the Georgia game off of the schedule and just look at the other 11 games, it's an easier schedule than last year. If you add Georgia, granted, that game is difficult, but that game, Lane Kiffin is not going to be judged off of the result of that game. He's going to be judged on the other 11, and the other 11 is actually, in my opinion, an easier schedule than they had. I would rather have this year's non-conference schedule than last year's. I think us going to Atlanta was actually a more difficult game than when we go to New Orleans this year. And... Those type of things like that, it's going to go back and forth. I do think last year's schedule was so backloaded to where you played Alabama and then Arkansas five days before an Egg Bowl, and that's more difficult than anything that appears on this schedule. So I, I think we have a chance, and we're going to break up, bring up the FPI in a second because ESPN has Ole Miss projected it over 60% to win a game in nine of their 12 games. And that's A, strong. that's a comp. Yeah, that's a compliment to Ole Miss, a big compliment to Ole Miss. But there's also no toss-up games on this schedule. Those games that are normally in the 50s or 40s that you kind of go back and forth, they those don't really exist. You're either a moderate favorite or a moderate underdog in all of those middle-tier games. 
Well, look, that's interesting to know, especially as Vegas has us at what seven and a half wins on the season, and that that says to me there's at least a game and a half drop off that we're going to be favored in probably and lose. Correct. Well, I, th- I like I said, I think Auburn is the ultimate trap game for Ole Miss. I, I, yeah, I people too. in Auburn have people in Auburn have told me that Hugh Freeze has already circled that game, and they are going to put everything they have into winning that. It's going to be a similar situation to when Ole Miss went over to Auburn after Tommy Tuberville left, except in reverse. They're waiting on the Cauldron. I guarantee you that game's going to be at seven o'clock at night. It's going to be an unbelievably hard atmosphere, and weird things happen. If you remember the last time we went over to Auburn and played. Um, Matt Corral got injured in the first quarter. We had no no receivers playing that night. Like Jakur Pearson was like our number one wide receiver option that night at five yeah, foot four. That. Yeah, and and yeah. and Matt Corral was just like forcing end zone shots all night long. And that game, Ole Miss losing that game, a game they should have won, probably ended up costing Ole Miss the playoff that year. Don't disagree with you. Look, that was a. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, I think everybody kind of realized, look, our special season is is still a great season, but probably doesn't, with that loss, probably doesn't have potential to go any further than a great season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, but they still went to a Sugar Bowl, so I'm not yep. trying to take that great away from season, them. But. Great season. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. Uh, but, yep, I agree. At that point, it was just kind of, I think, a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Well, from my podcast yesterday, I did predictions, and I'm going to put these up for everybody, and you can see these as well. And I have us going 9-3 and three this season um, with losses to Alabama, Auburn, for the reasons I just told you, and Georgia, because Georgia has half of the All-SEC first-team players' offense and defense. Seriously, there's nine players. First-team All-SEC. But if you look over to the right, that's the ESPN-FPI to where they are. Whenever I was doing my previews, I would look at the matchup predictor. These are the numbers that would come up, and I was like, man, the computers love Ole Miss. So you're going to hear people talking about toss-up games. In my opinion, like they're going to say Texas A&M and Mississippi State are toss-up games at 60%. Mm -hmm. I think at that point you have to put LSU as a toss-up game too because that's only at 66. And those are the only three games that are below 70%. On the whole schedule, man. Yeah, that's that's funny. You, if you're looking at it statistically, Ole Miss to beat Georgia Tech, Vegas says or ESPN FBI says that we're an 89 percent favorite. Mm-hmm. That exact percentage is reversed for Georgia to where Georgia is an 89 percent chance to beat Ole Miss uh, in Athens. That's interesting to me. That essentially says, in comparison to Georgia, we have the skill, ta- the talent or skill level of a Georgia Tech. Correct? Yeah, the, that that comparison. If if the game was played a hundred times, Georgia would beat yeah. Ole Miss eighty nine. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and vice versa, if we play Georgia mm. Tech a hundred times, we win eighty nine. Uh, interesting. That's a that's a interesting statistic there. Well, one inter- another interesting statistic, and this has been years that has happened. This is the first year when there's no SEC games um, where Ole Miss is less than or more than a 90% underdog. Like Alabama and Georgia on this would almost be guaranteed to be like 95% before. 
And Georgia is that over the last? How long is that over? Is that over what the last like ten years or something, Stephen? Or do you yeah, have- I, I I think I um I know it's not over the last ten years because the last couple of years I don't think it's happened either. But if you look over the like traditionally over a period of time, especially let's say the yeah. Matt Luke years. Um, those Alabama games, Alabama would have been 97, 98% favorite. Like Ole Miss and Louisiana Monroe, there would be that type of probability. Yeah. Um, and like with Alabama, LSU, and Georgia on the schedule this year, it, it would be an absolute mess. Just it, it, seriously. Uh, the computers, for whatever reason, love Ole Miss. Certain analysts, the, the, the way that analysts, are, it's varied. I was talking about SEC media days. And you have some analysts that are going to say that Ole Miss is going to win six games, and they'll predict Ole Miss sixth or seventh in the conference or in the SEC West. And then you have others that think Ole Miss have a chance, has a chance to win the division. You, I don't yeah. know if there has been that much of a vary of expectations of a team in a very long time. I know I love well, this team. I think you can attribute a lot of the discrepancy for every team is the transfer portal. I mean – People don't really know what you're getting out of your team year over year with the mass exodus and influx of players every year. If you sit there and say, hey, we've, we've got a five-star wide receiver and Chris Marshall, well, Chris Marshall's no longer on the team. Does that factor into an extra half win, you know, when he hadn't even hadn't even played and isn't on the team anymore? I mean, that's kind of the kind of the – issue you run into when you're guessing team wins with brand new set of players for just about every team. Yeah. And, and that is absolutely the case. And the one, another thing that happens is the people that like, if you cover Ole Miss and Ole Miss is your decision, you're obviously going to see the flaws that Ole Miss has more yeah. so than teams that you don't pay attention to. For instance, if Alabama was any other team and had any other coach with everything that is going on at Alabama, you would think they were going to the Music City Bowl this year. (laughs) Because they have questions everywhere, but it's Alabama. Yeah. No, but look, if this is the year for, you know, you you mentioned um, Kiffin isn't judged on the Georgia game, uh, Hmm. but I know that he has that mentality in the back of his mind for, for the Bama game. If this is a year to do it, I think we've got the firepower to do it, and Bama's got some question marks at quarterback and um, a few other positions to where you sit there and say, if Giffen's going to do it, he better hurry up and beat him. This could be the year, you know, I'm optimistic. Yeah. yeah I mean, there, there's, a, there's some issue. Like everybody likes Ty Simpson and they think Ty Simpson's going to be the dude. And I don't real I don't know why this, we turned this into the locked on Bama podcast, but, uh, but everybody kind of thinks that Ty Simpson is going to try kind of be that AJ McCarron guy. Um, and yep. this new look Alabama offense, but I don't know. I don't think it's Milrow. Um, and I know that if Texas were to beat them in game two, which is absolutely possible, if everything's slow to come together, Texas gets them. They can drop that game to Ole Miss. This is a year to where Alabama could have four losses. They could also go undefeated and win the whole thing. I'm not saying they're doing it, but with the questions, there's so many of them that are critical. It could be problematic because I tell people all the time, Bobby Bowden could handle it as he got older and it was fine until he he couldn't. And it just fell off a cliff really suddenly. 
So Father Time is going to get Nick Saban and get him suddenly. I just don't know when that's going to be. Well, look, let's let's hope it's this year. Uh, yeah. uh, that may go into your uh, your season predictions or your team total wins. Yeah, the reason I picked Ole Miss to beat LSU is because I just couldn't get. Even though I, if you look at all the stuff that Alabama has, Alabama is the game you feel better about. But whenever you're dealing, like I feel comf- more comfortable with LSU at home than a road game at Tuscaloosa because I saw Alabama win three games and beat um, Eli by 35 points in Tuscaloosa. I mean, weird stuff happens. Weird stuff happens. No, I, I agree. Weird stuff happens uh, LSU and Auburn as well. I think you and I kind of talked offline. I think if I had to put me on the spot, I think a 8-4 and four season with losses to Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, LSU is – probably what I'm looking at. Uh, I'm glad you're a little more optimistic than I am. Uh, but no, weird stuff happens in the SEC West. That's, I mean, that's just, that's life. That's par for the course. Yeah. And, and I, like I could see Ole Miss beating Alabama and LSU and losing to Auburn and A&M. I, I mean, I can yeah. absolutely see that happening. So or Vandy, so, look, it happens. You, or Vandy. Hey, no, please, please don't, man, don't, don't I speak that I'm evil. Sorry. I'm sorry for putting yeah, that. Yeah, why, why would you do bad. that? Yeah, sorry. So, um, you have a side, let's say, wager um, with a friend um, about recruiting inside the state of Mississippi. Um, explain that, Stephen. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned that. We've essentially, it's a small you know essentially equates to a dinner bet um that Ole Miss will have a higher recruiting class on a points per player consensus than Mississippi State so right now as we've talked a few times over the last few podcasts Mississippi State had a little momentum and good juju on the recruiting trail whether it's J.J. Harrell and a few other guys Braylon Burnside, Jimothy Lewis, that we've talked about before. But I think that that's led to a little bit of ego inflation um, in the Mississippi State fan base. And so we have decided to put together a, a, a friendly wager uh, of who has the highest um, recruiting class based on player like star points. For instance, I don't want state to have 50 recruits and we have, you know, one and, you know, their team total is higher than ours. Um, ours is one four star and they've got, you know, 53 stars. That's not, that's comparing an apple to an orange. So we've said mm. that it is strictly on a star basis, um, team total. So anyway, uh, got a good buddy listens to the show I'm, i won't name his name on here but uh i hope he'll be equating to dinner bed here soon with me at the end of the year yeah and the funny thing is um that i'm kind of worried for you at this point you've got one side that only cares about the high school recruiting and the other that the transfer portal is a very major part of how they build a roster and some of their five-star talent and their big talent has been through that portal, and a lot of their money goes to that. Um, You're 100% I, 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 right. Yeah. 
<laughs> You're 100% right. But if you look at this year's class, it's just been different. We made this, hmm. this decision probably, you know, probably a month or so ago. But hmm. look, we've recruited from the – Ole Miss has recruited from the high school ranks a lot heavier in this class. And, you know, I don't know – what that entails of some people say, Oh, it's Kiffin getting serious about Ole Miss. He's here for the long haul, or it's Kiffin really putting his foot down on, you know, high school recruiting, or it's the Pete Golding factor, things we've talked about before. But I think there's been a higher emphasis on high school recruiting. So we'll see what happens. Steven, I mean, I'm, I mentioned the bad juju with Vandy, and now you're over here yeah. on my parade with the Mississippi State bad man. I can't hear that either. So, anyway. Um, and all, and also, can you count Austin Simmons, even though he's in the class of 2023 because he reclassified? How, how does that work? Uh, probably would not count him, to be honest. Uh. Uh, I would love to count him. Uh, fairness, <laughs> fairness for the uh, the integrity of the bet, probably not. Uh, yeah. that, that was a tough L there for me too. But uh, anyway, we'll see what happens. Like we both kind of said, there's been a lot of um, early interest in Mississippi State. Don't know how long that that um, goes on. Maybe till signing day. But my my money's where my mouth is, Stephen, and I don't think it lasts till signing day. Thoughts? Yeah. It's- it's kind of funny, um, and, and I've said this the whole time, that we actually did a show about how Mississippi State does not have NIL money. They have a little bit of spurts to where you could do a short-term thing, and that's what they did. They went and got a booster to get some commits to happen, okay? And they're like, see, we're all good to go, and then it's all stopped again. It's all over. So it was just that one, like if they lose Jimothy Lewis, like when he gets back to IMG Academy, and he and Mississippi State loses their control over that player. There, there's 15 different directions that could go. I think Braylon Burnside's going to state. I think JJ Harrell's going to state. I do too. Um, I don't but know. Jimmy, what, you know, I don't. I don't think anybody can read JJ Harrell's mind. You know, right now he, yeah. he's seemingly all over the place. But I, I agree. I think Burnside's the state lock. Yeah, it, when it, because after Luke Altmyer and AJ Brown, they weren't losing another player in Starkville. Yeah, the, they no, just their 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 ego their ego couldn't take that. Hey, I don't and, blame them. I'd feel the exact yeah. same way, man. So it should be pretty interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to over the next couple of weeks, kind of getting an idea who's coming to Oxford for Juice Fest. Um, like I said, Jeffrey Rush is going to be there. He he told me that. Um, when I interviewed him last week, I'm sure whenever I interview Patrick Broomfield, which is Thursday, I'm supposed to interview him. Um, he'll say that he's going to be going over as well. And also Broomfield let us know who else he's recruiting. Jeffrey Rush said he's all in on Cam Franklin. He And I was like, oh, yeah, thank goodness. And I talked to Brian Smith and I was like, every school has somebody all in on Cam Franklin. Yeah, I was but, about to say put that put that in high speed there, and let's yeah. fast forward that one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to wait until signing day. It's going to be a minute. We'll see exactly how it goes. I think this recruiting class has a chance to be okay, but you have to look at it. I think you have to look at it differently. If you look at it like it was two thousand and eight, and everything was on high school recruiting classes the way the old signing day was, if you have that antiquated thinking. 
you're not going to be happy on signing day. If you take that and put the transfer portal on there and just take a full class of people coming onto the roster, as far as roster building, you can see a pathway. Lane Kiffin has Ole Miss's roster more talented than at any, any time during my lifetime, and he's done it primarily through the transfer portal, not through high school recruiting. But people still melt down about high school recruiting. It I just think is what people, it is. I think it's a little bit of a meltdown. I also think that people have the nostalgia of high school mm. recruiting, especially in a small state like Mississippi, population-wise, a small state like Mississippi, where you may have known this guy since the you know the ninth or eighth grade, where hmm. he's been at XYZ High School, and you've been watching him, and he's been balling out at a young age, and I mean that's how South Panola was for me growing up. I mean I remember the guys like Tig Barksdale and legends like that coming through South Panola. You knew those guys' names, you know, hmm. before they even essentially played you know high school football. Uh, and that's that's kind of the cool, you know, nostalgia factor of high school recruiting. So your meltdown goes, I think, one of two ways. It's the meltdown of not taking that many high school kids, but it's also missing the olden days and the golden days, you know. Yeah. But back in my day, back in the um, Stone Age when I played high school football, I remember playing against Artie Moore. I remember playing against Mon Nicholson and Moore Scott and those guys. And the, those those are the ones that really um, get my attention. Anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. I do want to say thank you to Pratt Rogers, who Internet Signal kind of got the better of him. Um, and I hope everybody tunes in next week for more information from Pratt. That's part of his weekly segment. So thank you. Remember, hotty toddy, enjoy meaty days. We're getting closer. should be tomorrow that Lane Kiffin actually speaks. So stick around, hotty toddy.